Catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com. Today we celebrate the World Breastfeeding Week with the topic, how to properly breastfeed a child. Set every August for the first seven days of the month, World Breastfeeding Week aims to highlight the huge benefits that breastfeeding can bring to both the health and welfare of babies, as well as a wider push for maternal health, focusing on good nutrition, poverty reduction, and food security. Breastfeeding is when you feed your baby breast milk, usually directly from your breast. It's also called nursing. Breastfeeding is one of the most effective ways to ensure child health and survival. However, according to the World Health Organization, nearly two out of three infants are not exclusively breastfed for the recommended six months, a rate that has not improved in two decades. The World Health Organization recommends breastfeeding until two years old or longer and recommends starting as early as one hour after birth for the biggest benefits. In Nigeria, breastfeeding is universal with almost all babies being breastfed. However, the practice of exclusive breastfeeding is rare with only 17% of children younger than six months being exclusively breastfed. The need to protect, promote, and support breastfeeding in our communities has been widely recognized. There are several types of breastfeeding, which includes exclusive breastfeeding, expressing breastfeeding, mixed feeding, tandem breastfeeding, extended breastfeeding, shed feeding, and weaning. Now, the type that a mother chooses solely depends on her and several other factors. There's a need for every mother to know how to properly breastfeed her child. That's why I brought on board a medical officer at MediCenter Isolo, Lagos, where she caters to the medical needs of clients. She has worked as a medical doctor in Lassut, that's a Lagos State University teaching hospital, the APIN project in Lassut, as well as some other private health facilities prior to her joining Medicenter Center in 2021. She also has a background in nutrition and has worked as a nutritional consultant for Havila Health Haven, where she worked with many chronically ill clients to reverse or significantly reduce their morbidities. Let's welcome Dr. Melody Akiyemi. Hello, doctor. Hello, Gloria. Welcome to the show and happy World Breastfeeding Week to you. Thank you and same to you. All right, doctor. Now let's go straight into the crux of the conversation. Many medical experts, including the Nigerian Pediatrics Association, strongly recommend breastfeeding exclusively, meaning no formula, no juice, no water for six months. Why is that? Yes. Well, there are many factors uh, that were considered before that recommendation was made. But I think primarily, the primary factor is to ensure that you give the infant everything it needs in the right proportion. And I know in this part of the world, especially Nigeria, I've interacted with a lot of new mothers and their concern is always about why can't I give my baby water? And I tell them that the breast milk already contains almost 90% water. So you do not need to add water to the baby's diet so that the baby can get enough nutrients from the breast milk that the baby is getting. Now, it's interesting to note that newborn babies, like the first few days of life, their stomach can only take about 20 to 30 meals of food or anything per time. So if you're already giving water, even if the water is just 5 to 10 meals, you rub that baby of 
five meals portion that would have contributed to the baby's nutritional needs. So the focus at that point in time is to give the baby as much nutrients as possible to help the baby grow, to help the baby build its immunity, to help the baby build the developing nervous system and things like that. That's why exclusive breastfeeding is very important. By the time the baby is approaching six months, the baby's stomach is well expanded and can now accommodate other feet along with breast milk to augment or supplement the nutrients that the baby is getting from his milk or her milk. Okay, so for those that do not exclusively breastfeed, those that try other type of breastfeeding, are you saying now that they might give the baby out of proportion? It's a possibility, truth be told. Most companies that make infant formulas, for example, they've done extensive, great research, they've done very good work to build, to make formulas that to be able to meet the nutritional needs of babies. And we have to give them a whole lot of credit for that because they've saved lives. Imagine the baby who was born and the mother died. What's the baby going to feed on? But I found that a lot of times you find mothers preparing those formulas wrongly. They are really eager to maybe give the baby extra food so the baby can grow and then they either prepare the formulas too thick or they prepare the formulas too bland because they think it's too concentrated, things like that. So I do not have a problem against giving um, baby formula altogether, depending on the circumstances, but I'm particular about ensuring that the formulas are properly prepared. Okay. So that you do not either overnourish the baby or undernourish the baby. All right, we'll come to that part of helping mothers know how to uh, prepare their formulas properly, how to, uh, if they're doing mixed breastfeeding, how to probably do mixed breastfeeding. Now, a mother and a child are unique and the decision to breastfeed is up to her. Nevertheless, we won't deny that there are many benefits to breastfeeding. So share with us a few of the benefits when you breastfeed your child. Well, there are so many benefits, both for the baby and the mother, but I'll start with the baby. Now, first would be to talk about the constituents, what makes up the breast milk, why is the breast milk so important to the baby? Now, aside from the general things that we all know, water, carbohydrates, fats, proteins, vitamins, and minerals, there are other essential components of the breast milk that you would not be able to get from formula or any other form of feed. For example... The initial breast milk that comes out, that's the colostrum, the really um, dark-colored one that's almost orangish in color, contains a very high amount of white blood cells, certain saccharide molecules that serve as prebiotics. It also contains very high amounts of immunoglobulins. Now, that's very important for a baby that's just coming out of a very secure environment into an environment that is literally threatening the baby's life. The immunity at that, at the, at that point in time for the baby is paramount, and the breast milk gives the baby that immunity. Taking that away, aside from other things like hormones that are present in the breast milk that help to stabilize the baby's um, circadian rhythm, for example, helps to coat the lining of the intestine so that the intestine doesn't uh, get infected or doesn't get injured by the food that the baby is eating. Those are other things to consider that people don't talk about generally, but are also very important parts of the breast milk. Then other benefits to breastfeeding is the fact that you don't have to prepare the breast milk. It's always there. You just bring out the breast and let the baby latch and suck. It's at the right temperature. There's no infection that the baby can contract from breast from taking the breast milk. And also, there are variations in the breast milk, variations during the day. I mean, the constituents of the breast milk in the morning is different from the constituents of the breast milk at night, for example. There are certain hormones and certain components that increase at night that help the baby to relax better and sleep better than during the daytime. That's one. There are also variations per time. For example, I'm sure we all know, 
we are all just uh, we are still in COVID anyway. But I'm sure you'll have heard experiences of mothers breastfeeding their babies who came in contact with the virus and the, how the milk changed to support the baby's immune needs, to be able to fight the virus. So those things happen when the baby is ill or the mother is ill. The breast milk changes to help support that need per time. Breast milk is also packed with enzymes. Enzymes that help to supplement processes in the baby's body and also to digest the food so that the baby doesn't have issues, the baby doesn't develop constipation, the baby the baby doesn't develop injuries, and also enzymes that help other processes of development in the baby's bodies. Then the vitamins and minerals that are present in breast milk are at their highest bioavailability. Bioavailability means uh, how available or how well would the body use a particular nutrient or substance that you give the body. So substances that have high bioavailability means that if I give, for example, 10 grams of a particular substance, if my body is able to utilize like 9.5, that's a very high bioavailability. So the nutrients in breast milk have very high bioavailability, meaning that even though they might not be as much as in maybe some other formulas or cow milk or things like that, the body is still able to use way more of it than it can use despite the amount in other forms of feeds. Breast milk also contains immunoglobulins for the baby. It also contains good fatty acids and a very good amount of fatty acids that helps build the nervous system of the baby. Now, when babies are born, they are born with, a, is, with an underdeveloped uh, nervous system. And so the, the nervous system, the first two years is when majority of the nervous system is built and it continues to develop up until about five years and then till maturity. But the fatty acids in breast milk particularly are very useful to the development of the nervous system. So that's very important in preventing nervous system issues. Breast milk also contains micro-RNAs. RNAs are ribonucleic acids. They're like the cousins or let's say the sisters to DNA. And these RNAs actually help to regulate a lot of gene expression and gene functions in the cell so that, for example, the immune system is well developed to express proper genes so that you develop proper immune cells. It helps to function or reg regulate different things. RNAs help to regulate a whole lot of processes in the body. So those micro RNAs from the mother help the baby to adjust properly and develop those systems properly so that they can interact and cope with the environment. Well, I can go on and on and on about other things that are present in breast milk. <laughs> so that, well, I'll stop now so that I don't take so much of your time. Oh, wow. That's quite a lot for the child to benefit when the mother breastfeeds her child. I mean, apart from the nutritional benefits, I think I would like to add to what I read up that it gives that closeness to your child, right? Okay, we're going to talk about yes, the mother yes. then. I think let's come to the mother because you wanted to mention how the mother benefits from breastfeeding her child. Just mentioned for the child. Let's talk about the mother. How does a mother benefit from breastfeeding her child? Well, for the mother, you mentioned the first and the primary <laughs> one, yeah. the maternal fulfillment. No one can take away the joy and the fulfillment you feel from knowing that. I am responsible for a child and I'm giving mm -hmm. <laughs> life, so yeah. to say, yeah. to another human being. It can be very, very, I mean, that's the whole essence of human of humanity anyway, loving other people and giving to other people. So that's the first one. The second is it actually helps to accelerate weight loss. That's because the process that your body, that takes your body to develop breast milk burns about 400 to 500 extra calories per day. So that's, 400, 500 calories that your body helps you to burn without doing any exercise. And I know how long it takes on the treadmill. Sometimes it can take almost an hour to burn 400 calories. So that's like a cheat for every new mother who is trying to lose weight. It also helps to stimulate uterine contraction. So 
you know, during pregnancy, the uterus grows bigger and it um, lacks, but it needs to contract and return back to the original size it was before. When you breastfeed, uh, a particular hormone is released, oxytocin. Now, this oxytocin hormone actually plays a lot of roles. For example, it helps, I mean, it's oxytocin that makes you contract when you're about to deliver anyway. So the oxytocin also helps the uterus continue to contract and evolute until it returns to its um, primary sites. The higher the concentration of the oxytocin, the faster that contraction occurs. And that has a lot of benefits. It also helps to control bleeding. So if the uterus contracts faster, it means that you're going to bleed for lesser time than people who do not have properly contracting uterus. I mean, when the uterus doesn't contract well, it's the cause of postpartum hemorrhage. So breastfeeding sort of helps to protect against that. The oxytocin also helps to build love, affection, and bond between the mother and the baby. So that's what builds the sense of loyalty that mothers have to their children. Uh, studies that done by the Cleveland Clinic also showed that Proper breastfeeding among mothers actually helps to prevent urinary tract infections because you're not bleeding so much and you're using iron, you're utilizing iron properly, you're less likely to develop anemia after giving birth. And because of the fulfillment and satisfaction you get from breastfeeding, you're less likely to develop postpartum depression and other emotional-related issues. Now, oxytocin also helps to make you feel happy. I mean, we all know how we feel, or people know how they feel after after sexual intercourse. And that's partly because of the oxytocin that's released. So imagine breastfeeding and getting that same sensation of excitement, happiness, you feel like you have the energy to do a lot of things. When you breastfeed, you're also more likely to sleep slightly more than people who mix their breastfeeding with um, formula feed. The study showed that you're likely to get up to almost an hour extra sleep if you breastfeed exclusively than if you mix your breastfeeding with formula feed. I know that might seem a little bit, it might seem small, but the difference between five hours of sleep and six hours of sleep is a whole <laughs> lot. And it makes <laughs> it makes a world of difference to a mother who is nursing. So I'm sure people are happy to hear that, oh, I get an extra one hour of sleep. If yes, I breastfeed so. exclusively. Yes, so. <laughs> well said, doctor. <laughs> now, the thing is, I read, or is it true rather that so when you breastfeed your child, there's a reduction in your ability to get cancer, breast cancer? Yes, it's actually protective. Uh, it reduces your risk of breast cancer, I think most of the types of breast cancer. It also reduces your risk of developing ovarian cancer. Oh, wow. Those two in particular, yes. Amazing. Now, you mentioned that the oxytocin, when released after breastfeeding, gives you that happiness and excitement and you feel like you can do more and all of that. But why should I hear mothers complain that they are tired or oh, after breastfeeding this child and the child wants to eat again and you go, oh, I'm tired and all of that. Why is it like that? <laughs> well, the truth is breastfeeding can actually be quite intensive. I mean, imagine having a newborn and you probably have to breastfeed. Some of those newborns breastfeed that often has two hours, every two hours. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. And breastfeeding is in five minutes. Sometimes it lasts as long as 20 minutes, 25 minutes. I think most of the exhaustion comes from the fact that most of the time, while breastfeeding, they're unable to sleep. Their sleep is usually in small batches. That's one. Two, they're probably also encumbered with a lot of other things to do in the house. Mm -hmm. Most mothers, really in this part of the world, do not have... We have good um, extended family systems, but we do not have very supportive extended family systems. And actually in a system where 
your husband doesn't even allow the paternity leave. So he's not even there in the house to help you with house chores. You still have to do house chores. They have to cook. You still have to clean. You still have to take care of yourself. If you have other children, you still have to handle the other children. That can be exhausting. Now, for a normal person who isn't breastfeeding and has to juggle all of that, trust me, the person will break down. For someone who is breastfeeding, isn't likely to break down. You might get exhausted and tired, but you're not likely to break down. Except it's like way, 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 way. Okay. What's the proper way to breastfeed a child? Share with us the position, the tips, and how often a mother should breastfeed a child. Okay. So with breastfeeding positions, uh, there isn't one perfect breastfeeding positions, but there are tips to ensure that you're doing it right. Because the goal is to breastfeed the baby in a comfortable position that you are comfortable, the baby is comfortable, and the baby is actually sucking the milk and not sucking in air. So the key is to ensure that the baby is properly latched. And the, proper, and the baby that is properly latched is latched to the areola. So the areola is that dark circle around the nipple, the big dark circle around the nipple. That's what the baby latches onto, not the nipple. So as long as the baby's, baby has a firm grip on the areola and the nipple is way inside the baby's mouth, then the baby is properly latched. The mother is comfortable, the baby is comfortable. Most of the time, the baby is lying in side, on the side or is put in the side position. Sometimes the baby is upright, depending on the position. But there are different positions. I mean, I tried to research uh, breastfeeding positions a while back, and I've seen almost 15 different descriptions of different people explaining the position and why they chose those positions. Now, breastfeeding position can be a little difficult when you are when you have more than one baby to feed, for example, a mother that has two babies or three babies and you have to feed two of them simultaneously so that you don't use up your entire day breastfeeding, you might want to use certain um, positions for that, like the rugby ball hold, where it seems like you have, you're holding the ball, you're putting the baby to your side, the baby's lying on uh, a breastfeeding pillow to your side, the baby's body is to your side, it's just the face and the mouth that's in front. So that way you can support both babies or you have your hands free to do other things and adjust both babies at the same time. Or you can cradle the babies together. Uh, I think that's the commonest position. Most of the pictures that they show about breastfeeding usually has, has the uh, mother cradling the baby. If the baby is too heavy, you'll be able to carry the baby with one hand. The cradle position is where you use your the palm to hold the butt of the baby up. And then you use your elbow to support the baby's head against Depressed, that's a cradle position. If the baby is quite heavy, that might be a very, very difficult position and your, your arms start to ache. So you might need to use other forms of position. There's this Australian forms, uh, the one that's like the kangaroo form where the baby is seated in front in front of you and the baby's mouth is latched. But I think the key is just to ensure that the baby is properly latched and you and the baby are comfortable. Milk is not leaking, the baby is not sucking in air. Hmm. All right. What about tips and um, how, how often your you should breastfeed your child? Uh, the frequency of breastfeeding and the duration varies. So for a newborn baby, I usually recommend about every two hours max. But by the time the baby is getting to like a month, you can increase the you can reduce the frequency to about every three hours, and then steady between three to four hours, depending on the time. Of course, night time usually. By the time the baby is about three, four, five months, you can reduce night time to about four hour interval, depending on whether the baby wakes up to feed or not. But three to four hours for older babies, for new babies, two hours is the standard okay. because of the size of the stomach. 
Okay. So once a child starts crying, is that also an indication that you have to breastfeed your child? No. <laughs> there are many reasons why a baby cries. Of course, hunger is one of them, but hunger is not the only reason why a baby cries. Sometimes baby is crying because baby has a colic, for example, abdominal pain or discomfort. Uh, sometimes baby is crying because baby is wet or uh, has soiled his diaper or the baby just wants attention. Sometimes the baby just wants you to cradle or cuddle and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So it's not every time that baby cries that you put it put the breast to the baby's mouth. I know mothers do is just shut the baby up. Oh, okay. So I hope you can hear that right now. All right. Of course, there are many different demands on busy mothers. The mothers who really want to exclusively breastfeed their babies, but they really do not have that time. It's either they don't have the time or their health cannot take that entire stress. So they have to mix it with normal breastfeeding. So what's the proper way to breastfeed your child using the mixed method? Uh, okay, so first of all, if you're doing mixed method, my first recommendation is that you should avoid cow milk-based uh, formulas. Mm. I would rather the mother uses goat milk-based formulas or plant milk-based formulas for many reasons that I cannot discuss this okay. afternoon because it's a long list. But goat milk, the, the simplest I'll give is goat milk, the constituents of goat milk is actually the closest... Of, of the animal milks to human milk. So it's the most tolerated of all the animal from of all the animal milks available, especially for babies. That's one. Then plant-based milk, especially for babies who have um, who are lactose intolerant. Of course, you cannot even give goat milk to such a child. You have to give plant-based milk. So the baby doesn't have lactose. Yeah, so that's the first recommendation. Now, if you're mixing it, I would uh, rather you do the breast milk feeding towards the evening and night and then use the formulas in the daytime so that you're giving the breast milk fresh. You're also preparing the formula fresh, especially because of the other added benefits to breastfeeding towards the evening time and at night. Hmm. That's um, two. With infant formula feeding, there are slight variations and depending on the products, they usually have the recommendations of how often and when you should prepare, and what volume. So if you're using infant um, formulas, for example, you have to take into account timing and the volume and the quantity. It's very important. I know I talked about how when a newborn baby is born, it can only take about 20 meals. So you have to keep calculating. So the first day, maybe 20 meals per feed. Second day, you increase it to 25 meals. Third day, 30 meals. You have to be particular and intentional about all of those things if you're considering giving formula first but i really would not recommend giving formula or mixing except in extreme conditions like maybe the mother is late or the mother is too sick to breastfeed or you have maybe triplets and you cannot meet the baby's demands for example now as for adding uh, other forms of feed like adult feeds i wouldn't recommend it until the infant is up to four months at the least that's the barest minimum for me four months so for working mothers in Lagos, most of Lagos, most uh, companies give three months maternity leave. So maintaining exclusive breast milk after resumption can be a little difficult. If you can try, struggle, <laughs> do the, complete the four months, then after the four months, you cannot begin to introduce other things. And I have a formula for that introduction. I usually tell mothers that by the time you start to introduce other things, start with foods that can be eaten raw. Because that's the gentlest form of meal you can give the baby. Aside from the fact that the raw food also complete, contains a, a complete array of enzymes that make digesting the food 
very easy. Also, the nutrients there are complete and are bioavailable. Then you can now begin to add other things. And I always tell them to start with vegetables and fruits that are not sweet. Because by the time you start with things like banana, when you're giving the baby other things like pear, and won't take it from you. Like banana, won't take <laughs> it from you. <laughs> so keep banana, plantain, apple, mango to the back and start with things that are not too nice, like cucumber, avocado, and all those stuff. Okay. Of course, you can add um, egg, but I don't think a baby will need egg up until like six, seven months because the breast milk you're giving the baby would, su- would suffice for whatever nutrients you want to get from the egg up until about six months. Okay. Then if you are juicing for the baby, please dilute the juice. Don't give the baby the juice in the concentrated form. That's one. Uh, you can also make purees. You can steam some of the vegetables and purees for the baby. But of course, you're going to give, if you're going to give carrots, for example, carrots is quite sweet. Even though you puree it, maybe you should mix it with something less sweet like potatoes or yam or beans you get so that it's not too concentrated and it's a bit uh, dilute. I think those are the mm. simple key pointers okay. that mothers can uh, yeah. All right, maybe six months, maybe can start taking soups, amala. Okay, you know what, Doctor Malid? What we will do is we will have a comeback where we'll then discuss the right nutrition for the mother and the child, because you know we can't sure. just exhaust. His breastfeeding is is quite a very um, large topic, so we will come back and talk about the proper nutrition for the mother, because it's like we're talking about the child, the child, the child. What exactly should the mom also eat? Because many people say it's what the mom eats that a child ends up sucking from the breast, right? So we have to come back. Uh We have to come back and have a discussion as to what exactly should the mom eat while she breastfeeds. We'll have that conversation uh, very soon, sometimes later. It's been such an insightful conversation with Dr. Melody Akiyemi. She is a medical practitioner and a medical officer at the Medicenta Isolo Lagos. She's also a nutritionist. You can tell from how she has given us what to eat and what to give our child while we breastfeed. Thank you so much for joining me, Dr. Melody. Thank you for having me, Gloria. Now, the benefits of breastfeeding are so numerous that most health agencies recommend it for everyone for as long as possible, barring medical problems that really could prevent it. But like we said, the option to breastfeed is left with you. But no matter what choice you make, ensure that your child is the most paramount and most important out of all of this. All we want to say today on the World Breastfeeding Week is you've actually got this. Thanks for listening and don't forget to catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com.